you're in the will of the Lord. And so 1 Samuel chapter number 30, starting at verse number 8, and it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captives that were therein that slew they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So the Bible says in verse number three, so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives Ahinoam and the Jezreelites uh, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I want to preach this for a few moments on a simple subject, and that is better together. Somebody say better together. Lord, we look to you, Lord. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I pray for strength now, God. Help me, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the spirit that we feel in this house. God, these are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, for your glory, that I may speak every word that is intended. And help me, Lord, that my flesh will not get in the way. We give you glory in Jesus' name. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, I feel very strong in my spirit that the Lord is going to do something spectacular tonight. And he wants to do it in you. Well, I'm going to say that again. I feel like the Lord wants to do something spectacular tonight. And the Lord wants to do it in you. The word Amalekites is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 14, verse number 7. The scripture speaks of and smote all the country of the Amalekites. Another translation says smote all the field of the Amalekites. This verse refers to the territory that the Amalekites would eventually possess because the Amalekites were descendants of Amalek and Amalek had not been born yet. For the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 36, verse number 12, and Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son, and she bare to Eliphaz Amalek. 
These were the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Esau was the grandson of Abraham. So the descendants of Amalek, known as the Amalekites, have been around, had not been around just yet in Genesis chapter number 14. We know the story of the twin boys, Esau and Jacob, and how Esau was born first. But Jacob, as Esau is coming out of the very womb of his mother, Rebekah, is holding on to Esau's heel. In Genesis, it speaks of Esau returning home to his twin brother Jacob, famished from a hard day's work in the field. He begs Jacob to give him some red pottage, or portage as some say, some red pottage. Jacob offers Esau a bowl in exchange for Esau's birthright, the right to be recognized as firstborn son with authority over the family, and Esau agrees. In Genesis chapter number 27, we see where Jacob uses deception motivated by his mother, Rebekah, to lay claim to his blind father, Isaac's blessing that was inherently due to the firstborn, Esau. So Jacob not only has been given authority, but he now has received the blessing, the inheritance, or the favor. Although Jacob got the blessing he wanted, deceiving his father came at a cost that affected generations to come. Jacob had to run. His brother Esau wanted to kill him, so he never saw his mother again. He was later deceived. He used deception, and later he was deceived by his uncle Laban. Esau became the father of an enemy nation, one that we are speaking of today known as the Amalekites. Even though Genesis chapter number 32, if you was to take time to read it, speaks of Esau and Jacob reuniting in what seems to be a moment of reconciliation. Esau was offended by his brother. He was offended on what his brother had did to him many years ago. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 18, verse number 19, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. So long after both brothers, Jacob and Esau, are dead, their descendants are still fighting to take out one another. In the book of Exodus, Moses has led the people out of Egypt. He's led them out of captive. He's led them out of bondage across the Red Sea. God is providing fresh manna or bread from heaven for daily food. God is leading Jacob's descendants, known as the Israelites. How do we know this? Because in Genesis chapter number 32, verse number 28, the Bible says, and he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Jacob's descendants are free. They are excited about their future, looking forward to receiving the promises of God. But then the Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8, Then came Amalek. Somebody say, then came 
Amalek and fought with Israel. Then came Amalek. So then came their past. Then came the ones that were offended. Then came the one thing that was the last thing on their mind. Isn't it amazing how when you begin to seek better territory, when you begin to seek better ground, or when you begin to seek prosperous things in your life, then comes Amalek. Then comes the very thing in your past that you do not want to be reminded of. This is when Moses went and stood on the top of a hill. Many of you know this story. He stood on the top of a hill with the rod of God. And as Joshua led the army against the Amalekites, they were victorious as long as Moses held up the rod of God. When he got tired and weak, the rod of God began to drop, so the Israelites began to lose. This is when Aaron and Hur went up to the hill and sat Moses down while they helped or held up the arms of Moses until the victory was won. Somebody say, you can't do it by yourself. Oh, I need you. I need you, brother. And I need you, sister. The Bible goes on to say in Exodus chapter number 17, verse number 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly Put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses, in verse number 15, built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. As long as you keep Jesus Christ lifted up high in your life, he will fight for you. He must be lifted up high, not only in your life, but he must be lifted up high in your praise. He must be lifted high in your worship. He must be lifted high in your testimony. And as long as you keep Jesus lifted up high, he will go to battle for you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 25, verse number 19, it says, Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou shalt not forget it. Somebody say never forget. You cannot entertain people that try to stop the progression of God's people. I'm going to say that one more time. You cannot entertain people that try to stop the progression of God's people. You cannot entertain the very people or the things that come out of their mouth that try to stop a move of the Holy Ghost. Because what the Lord is doing in this house, God is trying to take it to another level and we cannot entertain I don't care if it's family members in your own house you cannot entertain anybody that tries to stop a move of the Holy Ghost because when you entertain that spirit, it will cause doubt and frustration only in your heart. Because we are a church on the move. Oh, well, I'm going to say that one more time. We are a church on the move. 
Well, I, I feel like preaching here just for a moment. I said we're a church on the move. So that means we're not staying stagnant where we are. And we don't have time for people that are trying to hold us back where they think we belong. Because people will try to tell you and keep you in a place where they think you belong. They'll try to hold your past against you and tell you you don't belong where you are. They'll try to look at you in your face and remind you of what you used to be. They will look at you and tell you that you don't belong in the place where God is trying to take you. Somebody needs to shake themselves and rise to your feet and be able to look at the devil in the face. Because what you meant for evil God's going to turn it for my good. Oh, you got to excuse me, but I feel like preaching in the house of the Lord. I'm here to tell somebody, you shall move. You shall come out. You shall break out. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Somebody shout, I'm not staying. I'm not staying where I am. I'm not staying where I am mentally. I'm not staying where I am physically. But you won't move physically until you move mentally. You got to shake people off and say, you're not holding me where you think I belong. Please be seated. Please be seated. Because I got about 85% of you. Well, let me give you a Bible for the other 15%. Check my math, brother. Is that right? Thank you. Second John chapter number 1, verse number 10. For the Bible says, if there come any unto you. Now, I'm going to read that first part one more time. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. Can God save? Can he heal? Can he deliver? Can he move mountains? Is he still healing the sick? Is he still raising the dead? Is he still your savior? Is he still able to do all things? That's this doctrine. If anybody brings unto you and bring not this doctrine, the Bible says, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Verse number 11, come on, stay with me here. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Did y'all see that in the Bible? That means if you entertain it, you are a partaker of the evil deeds. So when people tell you that you shall not be healed, you don't partake in that. If people tell you you're not coming out, you don't partake in that. If people tell you. Let's go back to verse number 10. Well, I'm going to stay here for a moment. If there come any unto you. Mm, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. The scripture says, if there come any. Notice it did not exclude family. Didn't exclude relatives. It didn't exclude husbands and wives. Oh, I'm going to stay here for a moment. 
So if God has given me a word, I don't care if my wife tells me other thing, another thing different. I'm not accepting it. You hear what I'm saying? If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker, the Bible says, of his evil deeds. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord right now. Come on, talk to him for a moment. Talk to him for a moment. Talk to him for a moment. Mm. Help me, Lord, not to be a partaker. Let me continue on for a moment. God gave Saul, the first chosen king of Israel, the chance to wipe out the Amalekites. But he decided to make his own rules, and it cost him his throne. It cost him his future, and it cost him his kids' future. So here we find in our text the Amalekites once again, invading the land where David was and took everything the Bible says. He took woman, they took the women, the children, and burned their city to the ground. The Bible says, if we can go back to our text in 1 Samuel 30, starting at verse number 8, it says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. The Bible says, So David went, uh, 1 Samuel 30, uh, verse number 9, So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor were those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind. Somebody say 200. They abode behind. Which were so faint that they could not go over the brook before. Verse number 17, if we can drop there, it says, And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening, speaking of the Amalekites, of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. But don't worry about those 400 men because you will find in First Chronicles chapter number 4, verse number 18, the Bible says, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. Because if you read in First Chronicles chapter 4, you will read where all of them, 400 that escaped, were eventually killed. The Bible continues to say in verse number 19, it says, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither, somebody say, spoils, nor anything that had been taken to them, David recovered all. And David came to the 200 men that were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. <laughs> and the scripture says in verse number 22, Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial, the worthless men, of those that went with David and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil. We won't give them the extra stuff. We won't give them the extra stuff. 
spoil that we have recovered, save to every man, but we'll just give him his own wife and we'll give him his own children that they may lead them away and depart. But verse number 23 says, then David said, ye shall not do so. My brethren, which that, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us, it was the Lord that did this and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part, somebody say, alike. We are all together. We are all in this together. Somebody say better together. Somebody say better together. I've got a word for this church right here. I'm telling you right now that the things that we are dealing with and the things that we're going to go through, the battles that we're going to face, it doesn't matter if you can go all the way or if you're able just to go halfway. Somebody say better together. We're in this thing together. I said many months, maybe even many weeks ago that we fight together and we win together. See, David had come across some evil, wicked people after the Lord had delivered everything back to them, which he did not have to do. But the Lord gave them everything back even more. So that when David came back, the scripture says that evil men said they don't deserve everything that we're going to get because they didn't go to the battle with us. But those 200 men were just as valuable as those 400 men. Those 200 men that could not go over the brook, David said, oh no, this is the Lord's doing. And all of you that fought in the battle are just as important as those that waited back by the brook. What I'm simply saying is, is I've been preaching on worship. I've been preaching on praise. I've been preaching about the prayer room and all the things that we do together are important. Just because you cannot worship the Lord as long as somebody else worships the Lord doesn't mean your worship is not valuable. Just because somebody else is able to leap and dance and run. Brother Mike, you was right on the money when you said, Sister Whitaker said, will you dance for me? Will you leap for me? Will you run for me? As soon as you said that, I said, oh, we've got a word for this church today. I'm trying to tell these older saints, young people, you better hear me right now. Just because they're getting up in age doesn't mean they're not as valuable as what you are right now. I'm sorry, you voted in the wrong pastor. If you think I'm going to forget about the history, if you think I'm going to forget about the past and disrespect my elders, you got the wrong one. But if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for their prayers, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Hallelujah. Somebody say better together. I'm here to tell you, I've seen some elderly folks that can sit in a chair and pray longer than any young person. I've seen folks in their 70s and 80s that can touch God's throne. And I've seen 20-year-olds get tired after five minutes. You better learn from these elderly people. I'm telling you right now, you may not be able to go as long 
church, uh, let me calm down for a moment. Elderly, you may not be able to go as long as what you used to. You may not be able to last as long as you could, but you're still here. You're still serving. You still got a desire to live for him. You're still waving your hands. You're still worshiping the Lord. You still make it to that prayer room. I'm here to tell you right now, young people, you better take notes. You better take some notes. Verbally, visually, however way you can, just take notes. You better understand and see what it takes to last a long time in the Lord. Too many folks jump in this thing and jump right back out. I just, I just don't understand that sometimes. I don't understand. I remember growing up in the church. They used, to, I used to hear some folks say they just don't got the real thing, Pastor. They, they don't got the real thing. Get the Holy Ghost I got. Yeah, they didn't get the same Holy Ghost I got. <laughs> they didn't get the real thing. Yeah. I, I said, really? <laughs> they didn't get the real thing, huh? Yeah, I, I'm about to study that in the Bible. No, 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 no. They just didn't have a made-up mind. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is real. Same Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> is the same Holy Ghost that we are seeing people receive here today. They just don't have a made-up mind. That's why I thank God for the ones that are by the brook, the elderly that are by the brook. We can't go fight the war. Brother Mike, you got to go fight the war. You go fight the battle, but we're going to stay here and pray. We're going to stay here and fast. We're going to stay here and believe. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you that when we have revival, we all have revival. When we have harvest, we all have harvest. When one goes down, we all celebrate. Because we're in it together. I come against a spirit that tries to come into this church, that tries to say, oh, well, they're not working as hard as us. You have no idea how many years these folks have put into this church. You have no idea the amount of time and tears. I know, I ain't, I know, I know young people, you don't want to shout on this one, but I'm preaching to somebody right now. You have no idea the amount of time and effort and prayers they put into this church. We would, our glory be to God, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for somebody in the other older generation that prayed for you and I. Oh, yes. And I want to tell this church, I appreciate you. I want to tell these older folks, I appreciate you. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for what you've done. Because I'm here to tell you that your prayer is not going to be in vain. Your sacrifice is not going to be in vain. Oh, come on up here, Brother Mike. Where's Brother Gothra? Get you. Come on. Get, come on. Sila can come. Come on up here. Come on up here. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Come on up here. You can bring her on up here. Yeah, uh-huh. Your prayers are not in vain. Jair, you, you just standing up. You can come on up here, too. Yeah, come on up here, young man. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on, bodyguard. Come on, weatherman. Come on. Come on. Now, brother, put a little pep in that step now. Only got, these folks trying to go home tonight. Praise God. I'm telling you, your prayers are not in vain. 
Your service to the Lord all these years have not been in vain. All the times you've cried and cried and said, Lord, what is the direction of this church? It has not been in vain. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. All those times you've wondered, like, where are we going? What's the direction of the church? It's not in vain. You better get a quick look up here because you got four strong men. You got four strong men that believe in oneness of God, that believe in Jesus' name baptism, that believe in the unveiling of the Holy Ghost, that believe in a holy and separate life. And I'm telling you, we are not letting down. We will continue to fight the good fight of faith. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you, I know many on have passed. I know many on, many have gone in the Lord. And many have prayed for the days that we are about to see come. But I truly believe that they died believing that one day, a day is going to come where great harvest and revival was going to break out on the corner of Creasy and Union. Who would have known God would send men, send men that was ready to cross over the brook and fight the battle? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you've prayed, we've arrived. You've prayed, we showed up. I get excited. You've prayed and fasted. You believed. Excuse me, Sister Stein, but I just get excited. You know, I get excited because when I think about the goodness of the Lord, when I think about what he's done for us, when I think about what he's going to do for us, I just get excited because I see future. I see future. And I see what the Lord is going to do. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Come on, uh, Brandon Buster. Come on down here, young man. Come on. Come on. Come on now. Don't take as long as Jair. Come on. Come on. I've got to get these folks home now. So if they, if they say, Pastor, you was just too long, I'm going to say, no, I'm blaming <laughs> See, I get excited because then I see a young man here that when I showed up here when I was just 23 years old, uh-huh. woo, still has Similac on my ears. I didn't know what I was doing. I, didn't, I, just, I just make up stuff. I didn't know what was going on. That's why I can tell you, no, don't do that, brother. I've already done that. Don't even try it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But see, he's still telling me the same thing. No, brother, don't do that. I've been there. I don't even try it. But I remember seeing this young man with a little mini afro. Uh-huh. I'm so glad God delivered you from that, brother. Uh-huh. But you, but see, what I loved was, was when I was here as a youth pastor, I used to see a young man who we used to call Buster. Oh, he'd be about four, five, six years old, and he'd come right up to the front, and he'd just be up here worshiping uh-huh, your little chubby self. I remember cute little cheeks. Yeah, baby, baby of the year. That's right. Beautiful baby. That's right. He's got the trophies to prove it if you don't believe me. 
but I remember seeing him up here worshiping and I remember when I walked back into this church I don't know if it's been a year but you know some some time ago and the first person to meet me at the door was this young man he said look hey brother Robinson and I said who are you you went from here to here what's my god 10 years I tell you what and then I seen this young man he said brother Robinson because you are here I want to stay right here because you are here I want to stay in Lafayette I had desires no 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 no. I, I want you to hear me hear me hear me hear me the best part ain't came yet huh so I want you to hear me he said because you are here I want to stay here I want to remain in Lafayette I want to be a part of what you're doing I want to be a part of whatever vision you have see what I'm trying to say is is that you prayed I showed up and when I showed up these young men begin to get with me and then this young man who was born right here in this church who y'all have known since a little boy now God is getting ready to do great things in his life hold on hold on hold on follow me because of his sacrifice See, something, see you, 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 you're, not, you're not hearing me on that one. Because God honors sacrifice. Yes, yes. yes he does. Right. Yes, he does. Right. I'm telling you. And there's going to be a generation like this young man that's going to come up underneath us. Uh-huh. Because this generation is looking up to this generation. Right. And he sees our generation and says, I want to be a part of that generation. Yes, Hear me. Here's the clincher. Here's the... Uh-huh, that went over the fence. Y'all just didn't see it. Here's the thing. But see why he has that spirit and why he's attaching himself to my spirit is because I was attaching myself to his spirit. You're, church, you're not hearing me. But because of his spirit and his revival spirit and his mannerisms and how he prayed and how he worshiped and I attached to his spirit. And because when he prayed, I want to pray. When he worships, I want to worship. Now this young man can attach to my spirit. But see, if he had the wrong spirit, Spirit. Are you hearing me? If he had the wrong spirit, it's over. But because, Brother Carson, let me get back up here with you. I felt good up here. But because somebody was praying. That's it. He's old prayer warrior. Who would have known? Who would have known? three men, four men that preached their first message right here in this church would be working together under the same roof. Who would have known? But because of your prayers and because you didn't stop praying and because you didn't stop believing and because you didn't stop giving and because you didn't stop showing up because mm, 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 because you better believe a lot of people stopped showing up And I hate to say they probably going to wish they never left, but I'm going to say it. They go wish they never left because you better get ready, CMT. Oh, I'm not talking. 
I'm talking with boldness. I'm telling you right now, we're not moving backwards, but young men, are we moving forward? We're marching forward. We're moving on in the Lord, ready to fight the battle. Let's stand to our feet, clap our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So church, your prayer matters. Your worship matters. Can I say this? Your lifestyle matters. You're setting the example. Don't let up. Don't let up. Don't let up. Fight the good fight of faith. I used to hear someone say, hold up the bloodstained banner. And I'm going to hold it up until I die. Your prayer matters. Every young person in the house today, before you leave here, you ought to go to one of your elders and just let them know, I appreciate you. Every young person in the building, you ought to go to one of your elders. Matter of fact, I feel that in the Holy Ghost right now. You ought to go to one of your elders and let them know, I appreciate you. It was their prayers. God doesn't do things by accident. Are you hearing me, church? God doesn't do things by accident. He's an intentional God. God had a design, He had a plan, He had a purpose. He knew where this church would be at on this very day of the year of 2020. He knew it. Who would have known, Brother Carson, you and I would be reunited? Who would have known, Brother Timothy Gothra? A man of many things many skills we go figure out if he can master one of those skills though we'll pray for him on that one church I came here with a word to encourage our elderly Lord laid it on my heart to encourage the ones that have and still are paving the way. If you don't hear anything else from this preacher up here that's 39 years old, I want you to hear I appreciate you. I love you. I thank God for you.
Forgive me if you didn't jump and shout and dance tonight. But if, if anybody's going to say it, this young man's going to say it. To say thank you. Appreciate the sacrifice. Appreciate the tears. Appreciate you sticking in there. We wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for the prayers of the elderly. So no, those men of Bilal, you have no place here in this church that say that they don't deserve the spoils. They only deserve what belongs to them and that's it. No, 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 no. David said, oh, no, no, no. The scripture says that when David returned, he saluted them. That's power. He gave them honor. He gave them honor. I know you didn't have the strength to carry on. But now that we're back, we're all in this together. Together. So don't ever think that this young man is going to zoop, just zip right on by. Forget all about the history. All about the sweat, blood, tears. All about the foundation that's been laid. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you right now, my sister here, she'll tell you, we was raised better than that. She'll, she'll tell you. Bro, oh, Brother Depp, you know, you know my parents. We was raised better than that. Oh, no, uh-uh. Not in my house. Not how I was raised. No, we respected our elders. We respected the foundation that was laid. Church, we can never lose that. We can never lose that.